With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. A little bit different today. Maybe you noticed the difference. Certainly, if you're watching on War Chant TV, you can see the difference. Uh, at the humble abode today, Lucy Goosey edition of the Jeff Cameron Show, indeed. As uh, I broadcast from the house, Tom broadcasts from his house, Director Matthew directs it from his house, and you're where you are. This goes smoothly. I would assume that it would, but we had to, in the interest of transparency here, let you know we, we recorded this today, um, just before coming on with you uh, live here. Well, it's not live; it's 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 recorded, but um, but it is of today, and I'm on the road somewhere near Atlanta as you uh, as you tune in here. But uh, I think legally, Tom, we're supposed to say that, right? Just to let everybody know, this is not live 100% today. Yeah, that's correct. This is uh, it's a little bit earlier in your Friday, but we have the Thursday news cycle to talk about, and there's some cool things. So uh, we appreciate your patience, but I think it sounds all right, man. You're already presenting well. Plus, frankly, as much as I love the 93.3 studios, how often do I get to see Thunderbug during a JCS? So <laughs> this, is, this is a win. Yeah, and look, I got the old school old school bucks, and I got yeah. my I got my national championship stuff up over there, signed by Bobby Bowden, and then I got. Mike Norvell ball there. Yeah, we're all good. I've got pictures of the kids down on the ice with the lightning players, which you probably can't see. Can you see that? No. Yeah, no. It's, it's, it's maybe cool. when we go full, you know, when we go full, if I'm looking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. Uh, all right. So it is Lucy Goosey edition. As I mentioned, good to be with you uh, on a libations Friday. And uh, I'm going to uh, the reason I'm going to Atlanta. I don't mind telling everybody this. I'm going, Tom, you know, 
went to a Lakers game at Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only NBA game I've ever been to. And this sounds rather hoity-toity, but that wasn't a great experience because it was a blowout and I was in a suite. And I know people were like, you know, oh, great. Yeah, Tuffy, you were in a suite. Um, but but it's not the same. Today, I've got Bryce and Clark, both my boys, and we're going to be lower bowl at the Hawks Sixers game tonight. So um, this is an experience. We've got great tickets right down by the floor, and it'll be the first time I've ever been that close uh, to an NBA game and to see those players and to see like Joel Embiid, for example, that close is going to be so fun, especially for my kids. So I'm really pumped about this, if you can't tell. Yeah, you and me both, man. I've only been to one NBA game in my life. It was at Phillips Arena, where you're going to be tonight, and it was to see LeBron. I saw LeBron. I mean, it was young Cleveland Cavaliers LeBron with that team that he led to the NBA Finals that was just trash. Uh, But it was awesome to see. It was, um, you know, it's not something that I, I don't have a budget for. Like I need to, I need to see three or four NBA games this year. Usually that goes to hockey. It's like, where can I go catch the lighting? I'm even kicking the tires on going to the outdoor classic in, in late February in Nashville, Tampa Bay's playing in the stadium series game, which would be really cool to go to an outdoor, but NBA games are so much fun. I can tell you from the one that I went to, they are really fun. So the boys are in for a treat tonight. Yeah. I, I, I think the thing about, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the NBA probably not unlike the NHL is really best seen in person uh, to, to really capture the magnitude of the athleticism uh, and the speed and the strength. Um, you know, in hockey, when you go to a, I tell people all the time and I know you do too, but for people that don't aren't gravitating towards the game uh, because of the way it presents on television, if you go to a hockey arena and see a game, uh, you're kind of hooked. I mean, I think from that point you're hooked because when you see the whole of the ice and you see the way plays develop and you see what they see, you see the vision. Uh, and then, of course, if you're down close to the glass, you see the speed. It's just breathtaking, the athleticism, the speed and all of that. So I think that's true of NBA players. I've said for a long time that I thought NBA players, um, professional basketball players in general, are the best athletes in the world. Uh, it's it, it's a freakish um mix of size and uh, speed and uh, athleticism and uh, eye-hand coordination and all that. Uh, you know, you don't see human beings that are 6'10", 275 with a 40-inch vertical and that wingspan. You know, like, like seeing that in person, you know, everybody listening to this out there, you've been somewhere, anywhere, like a supermarket and some 6'11 dude walks by you. It's breathtaking. You're like, oh, look at this. I mean, that's just different. But when you're at an NBA game, and I'm going to find out tonight, you're seeing, you know, eight such individuals or 10 such individuals. You're like, this is insane. So I think going to an NBA game tonight with the with the kids and seeing this up close in person and, and getting to see the Sixers too, that's going to be, uh, I, I think, probably awe-inspiring, both for me, but especially for them because they're little kids and they already freak out when we go to FSU games. Yeah, the cool thing is they're going to see a a lot of really high-level athleticism tonight. They have seen the size, though, because this is a basketball program and Tallahassee (laughs) has recruited size. Now, we need to get a little bit more beefy in the post here this season. It's just something that we're not going to be able to overcome. Uh, If you face a team that has a guy like that, well, I think you're going to lose on the glass. It's a matter of do you hit your shots. But they have seen the late Michael Ojo, for example. Um, They have seen, you know, Bojo, uh, Obiagu. So we, we've had a lot of NBA. I mean, and look at our, our wings. They're all 6'6 six, six to 6'8. Six, 
But what they're going to see tonight is that extra level of speed, maybe a little bit closer to Purdue style of athleticism uh, they're going to see tonight. But yeah, that's, you know, when you talk about taking the kids to a game like that, it just reminds me of, of going to my first Major League Baseball game or going to my first oh, Mets yeah. game. I'll never forget. I mean, I saw Al Leiter pitch against the Cardinals in Shea Stadium way back in the late 90s. And I remember how green the grass looked. I remember my first hockey game. It was Tampa against Ottawa, the Thunderdome. Tampa lost two to one, but I, I just I was I found something that I loved forevermore. Uh, Bryce already, you said, is is a nut for the NBA. This might confirm that this becomes his favorite sport for the rest of his life. You, you know, it's just those experiences have a little extra something to him. So I'm I'm really ha- happy that you, they get to do that tonight and you get to be there for it. It's um yeah, me too, buddy. It's it's um it's a subject matter on a loosey goosey libations Friday, laid back edition of the show that I think a lot of people frankly, can relate to. Um, if you're a sports fan, and I assume you are, if you're listening to this show, um, that or you're just a fan of wildly entertaining programming, uh, you know, I would I would tell you that all of us share that, Tom. That is a, a shared thing that sports fans, it's not unlike being a fan of the arts, whatever it might be, the first concert you went to or a painting that moves you, and you can be a fan of both. Um, you know, you remember it, as you said, for the rest of your life. I remember my first concert. I remember my first baseball game, football game, basketball game. I, I remember seeing John McEnroe uh, in an exhibition in St. Petersburg for tennis. And when I was a kid, John McEnroe was one of my sports heroes. And seeing him in person, I actually got to meet him. They did a meet and greet for kids before the exhibition. Um, he played Matt's DeLonder. Uh, and it was so cool. And I remember the thing that stood out to me, what well, wasn't that, you know, cause John McEnroe is not a big guy, but what stood out to me was, you know, I always wanted to, I think all kids do. I wanted to dress like the pros dress and you know, I wanted to wear what they wear. So I wore, <laughs> this is hilarious. I just hadn't thought about this in years. I wore Fila shorts and a Fila shirt and tucked it in like tennis players did back then. I had this little ass feel of shorts on that were ridiculous from the 80s, early 80s. And I met McEnroe and he was wearing the same. And and I that's why I wore it because I thought I wanted to, I wanted to be John McEnroe. And uh, when I met him, I walked away and I remember saying to my mom, I'm wearing the exact same thing he's wearing. I bet he noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. I thought yeah. it was the greatest thing. That's like a kid going to a wrestling event, you know, and wearing the John Cena shirt. I'm sure John saw me. I was wearing his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10,000 other people, man, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just I just looked it up on Sports Reference. So my first Florida State game was November 18th, 1995. It was uh, a senior day against Maryland. We were up here for my sister Elizabeth's birthday. I guess that would, she would have been 23 at the time. And uh, she's still with us. That, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like she's no longer. Yeah. But it was a uh, senior day. We played Maryland, and we destroyed them. As well, we, yes, it was the mid nineties. We destroyed everybody that period of time, fifty nine to seventeen. But it was uh, Danny Cannell's big day. I remember that, and I remember him running out of the tunnel. And uh, I was out in the student section in that corner over there, and mm-hmm. it was the erector set at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had always loved. Like I told you, it was it was sacrilegious if we did not play the Marching Chiefs CD on the drive up to Tallahassee. It could be springtime. It could be for a football game. But if we didn't play it, I would either cry or pitch fit. So I remember that and, and falling in love with what became 
the most beautiful, iconic stadium in college football from the outside. I remember mm-hmm. falling in love with the erector set from the inside. Now, unfortunately, it looks exactly the same once you get past <laughs> the brick outside. Yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, you flash forward. So that's 95. 10 years later, about 10, 11 years later, I'm taking a class in that building. And I just remember feeling the first day of intro to advertising with Barry Solomon in 2000. That's who I had. I had Barry Solomon. Somebody who taught you as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just remember getting the heebie-jeebies walking in there and seeing the national championship trophies, the Sears trophy. I was like, oh, my God, it's the Sears trophy. But it wouldn't have been that special without that first experience that you'll never forget. And uh, two years later, I was at a Bucks game, and they played Steve Young in the 49ers, the first time I ever went to uh, the old Hulahan Tampa Stadium. Yeah, uh, God, I remember those days. When when the boys, and you're going to remember too, but when the boys are in their 30s, they're going to talk about that. I'll oh, tell the yeah. story, yeah. yeah. Remember Trey? Trey, yeah, Trey at 32 and 12 that night, you know? Yeah. Like, there it yeah. is. There's uh, two things. One last addition to your uh, Barry Solomon advertising story. Uh, I The first time I ever felt old, oddly, and now I feel old all the time, but the first time I ever felt old, I coached Barry Solomon's kid in football. <laughs> Like years later, I was at practice coaching and the team came out and I'm I'm getting an introduction to which kids I have and I'm going through and I'm seeing their names and I'm putting faces with names. And then we did like a sort of pseudo tryout because I wanted to find out who were my athletes and who were the kids that I needed to put on the line. And so I'm looking at, you know, we had everybody run 40s and do this agility stuff. And so I get done and I turn to my right and it's Barry Solomon just looking at me. And I was like, oh, did I forget to hand something in? You know, (laughs) but it was his kid that was out there playing. Uh, Also, brand equity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And then the story at the end of the semester. Yes. uh, You know, that story about everybody knows the story if you had his class. Anyhow, really quickly. Uh, I've brought this up before, but again, it never hurts to reiterate for people that didn't hear the segment, uh, many years ago, not that many years ago, I guess maybe 10, uh, Bill Murray was inducted into the minor league baseball hall of fame. Uh, and, and he was in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, where he owns the minor league club. And apparently is by the way, one of the greatest owners of all time, as you could imagine, because the players and people that have ever worked with him say, He's simply fantastic. He just rolls up and has fun and everybody likes working for him and he'll spring surprise, cool parties and stuff like that for the team. Um, But he takes it very seriously. Anyhow, in this induction, Brian Cashman, by the way, is the one who uh, inducted him, oddly enough. He's Uh, friends with Brian Cashman? I think this might be an affiliation of the Yankees. I'm not sure. But uh, I, 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 the bottom line is Brian Cashman is the one who introduced him, and I thought it, it, I thought that was weird. But uh, anyhow, when he stepped to the dais to to give his speech, I think everybody thought he was going to be funny that he would you know turn the switch like he does and, and start saying funny things. Instead, he tells this incredibly poignant story about growing up in a suburb of Chicago and always wanting to go to a Cubs game but not having the money to do so, and then his dad. And his brother and him got to go to their first ever game. And he remembered walking into Wrigley Stadium and he was so excited. And as he tells the story, it's incredibly touching. Uh, As he's telling the story, he's getting choked up. He talked about how they were coming up through the aisle. Like, you know, okay, you're down below, you're by the concessions. And then you're going, like you talked about, the first time you ever see the grass. 
Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's walking up through the tunnel there to get to the seats where they're going to be. And just before, and you can see the light, but you can't see the field. Just before they're about to, uh, you know, reach there, that one part where that you would be elevated enough to see the field, his brother said, hold on a second, uh, Billy. And, and, and he looked at him and then he goes, cover your eyes. And he covered his eyes. And then his brother kind of walked him up and then told him to look. And he said it was the greenest grass he'd ever seen and the greatest smells he had ever smelt. And he remembers it to this very day. And I remember watching that. It was like, damn, Bill, you make the whole room cry in your introduction. It was awesome. So that is true. And tonight I hope to have, without getting overly sentimental, that moment because I'm fairly indifferent about the NBA. I like it. I watch it. I pay attention to it. I'm a sports talk show host. But I'm not passionate about it. It's not my thing the way that football and baseball is or the way that hockey and football is for you. Um, it's, it's down the rung on the ladder. It's not very high up. I, I like it. It's, you know, I think uh, compelling matchups in the playoffs are awesome. I love all that. But we're talking about an early December NBA game. This isn't, you know, something that is must-see. But uh, to see it through their eyes tonight will elevate the status of the game, obviously, and, uh, and and to watch sort of Bryce be in awe in particular because he watches the NBA every single night. His hero is Shaq. He, he, he loves Shaq. He thinks Shaq's hilarious. And he loves when Shaq gets angry at Charles Barkley. And he'll come out and tell me all the time, Shaq just destroyed Charles tonight, Dad. He just destroyed him. I'm like, well, it's kind of made for TV, son. But anyhow, he thinks it's great. He, he loves it. He loves Shaq, and he wants to meet Shaq. That won't happen tonight. But he will see Joel Embiid if that bum plays. <laughs> load management, buddy. Don't get screwed yeah. on that. Don't get screwed on load management. It's the Jeff Garrett Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93 edition of the program, of course, as we broadcast from the Hizzy. I am usually here at this time. I'm usually running around. This is nice. I should be here more often. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that said, let's circle back to uh, a travesty that occurred last night and a money-making one at that. Uh, watching the Saints roll Taysom Hill's sorry ass out there really warms the heart. I don't know why, but I loathe that, man. 
And it's fun to watch him suck to high heaven because he always has. And watch him try to actually play quarterback is even funnier. Uh, so four interceptions, a pick six, and an embarrassment, just an embarrassment to football is what the Saints were last night. And I can only imagine that if you, by the way, are a uh, – That's Taysom Hill calling you. Yeah, he's upset. I'm going to get calls like this while we're doing the show today. (laughs) There's got to be a way where I I took the Bluetooth off, Tom. It should not go to the computer immediately. Um, But that said, I got to think if I'm a Saints fan, I'm livid that we just paid this man $100 million, 20 plus million of it, of which is guaranteed. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I mean, listen. He's just a football player. You put him anywhere. He's a Swiss Army Knight. Anywhere you need a difference to be made, he'll make a difference. Sometimes bad, sometimes good. But he yeah, is, he is a football player. But I, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. And and let me say, look, I don't actually hate him. I I hate in a weird way, sort of the the the, the larger talking points borne by the media's obsession with Jameis Winston and the the incessant need uh, to try to bring him down because of what they perceive to have happened here at Florida state. And so anytime that he's involved with something, if there's an alternative and that could be anybody, any other quarterback, anywhere, the media, and they, they know it's polarizing. They can't wait to tell you that the other guy is better, that the other player that is behind Jameis or will be filling in for Jameis or could be bought from you know, this team and brought over in place of Jameis is going to immediately be an upgrade and be a better alternative. And the fact that they tried to make it sound like it was an actual competition in camp between those two guys uh, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL is simply absurd. It never was. It never was a competition. It, if it was, it was over when it started because one's an actual quarterback. Now, if you want to debate the um, efficiency of Jameis Winston as your starting quarterback, we can all do that. I mean, there are real high highs and really low lows. That's who he is in the NFL. He's far from uh, an elite quarterback uh, in the NFL. He has his moments where he is elite. Um, Taysom Hill would never have such a moment as an elite starting quarterback because he's incapable. And a lot of people are incapable. That's not his fault. It's just true. It's a hard position to play, but I think it's disingenuous. And I, I get angry when I listen to people try to pretend to have a conversation because I don't think they're being honest when they'd have the, the, the discussion of whether or not the Saints should entertain the idea of Taysom Hill starting over Jameis Winston or really any other uh, average to subpar NFL quarterback. Because Taysom Hill is a guy that is, as you noted, a football player. There's no doubting that he is. He's awfully tough and he is athletic and he is strong and you can utilize him in a variety of roles, just not one as your starting quarterback ever. Well, it's it's either dishonesty or incompetence. You don't know what you're looking at. It's one of the two. I mean, like I th- I believe that Tony Dungy knows what he's looking at. But when he called Marcus Mariota, Aaron Rodgers, and waiting, I think that had more to do with his son playing at Oregon and and trying to tow the company. Of course, line. it did. It also had more to do with he liked him. He correct. liked him as a human being. That's correct. Yes, uh, because he espoused whatever you know. Tony yes, correct. So that's that's fine if if you want to you know take that particular tack. For me. I, I I laugh at it because you know how I feel about Sean Payton. I think he's an excellent offensive mind, but there's a lot of excellent offensive minds in the league. Kyle Shanahan is an excellent offensive mind, but right. nobody falls to the ground before the feet of Kyle Shanahan in the way that they do with Sean Payton consistently. It's like, oh, he could win with anybody. No, he can't. 
He can't <laughs> win with that guy. He can't <laughs> win with that guy. No, it's hubris to think you could win with that guy as your quarterback. Right. Now, they're in a, a, a terrible situation with injury luck that, yes. and also cap hell that puts him in a position where you know they, he's got to try to win with Taysom Hill. It's not Sean Payton's fault necessarily. Well, yeah, hold on. I, I would argue no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. You, they, you could have gone and picked up anybody off a of scrap heap to be a starting quarterback that would be better than Taysom Hill. Anybody. But, but Taysom Hill would be a big part of the game plan, which nobody's got a problem with. You know, if he's a change of pace player, I mean, everybody knows he's about to run, and the dude ran for about 100 yards last night. There's something. Oh, that's all he can do. That's exactly what he does. Don't have him throw a pass. Right. Well, but if you do, you know, he throws 12 passes a game and he runs the ball 17 times, that's a nightmare as a defensive coordinator. You've got, there's a lot there. There's a lot to yeah. unpack there. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the first half ratio was like 21 to four or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was absurd. Mm -hmm. It was absurd. Mm -hmm. Now they came out with a good game plan in the second half, but the moment he had to make throws, you know, it's just, especially, especially with a dinged up finger, he had the splint on his finger. I mean, that's ball game. It, Dallas played so poorly last night that this was a game. And Troy Aikman, that's the most fanish I've heard Troy Aikman about the Cowboys in a long, long time. The way he talked about Trayvon Diggs, the way he talked about Zeke Elliott. I mean, he's basically weeping on the air talking about their work ethic and how much of a team player they are. He's openly rooting for them. And then he's getting furious, not just with poor situational coaching from Dan Quinn and Kellen. Uh, well, he, he, that's, the, that's the most critical I've heard him be of the Cowboys. He was livid. Yes, because he took it personally. Last yeah. night was a personal vendetta of what the Cowboys aren't. And he clearly is in the anti-Kellen Moore camp and the pro-Mike McCarthy camp. He could not have made it any more clear last night. And listen, to his credit, Kellen Moore looked like crap. Well, whatever okay. he was trying to do situationally with under five minutes to go, you are begging the Saints to get back in this game. Thankfully, it's Taysom Hill. It's the other quarterback. So they couldn't get back. No, there was no chance for the Saints to get back in the game, no matter how much Dallas wanted them to be in the game with play calling and idiocy uh, and lack of uh, efficiency. Uh, it's true. Uh, if you at some point have to make a throw, it would help to have a, an NFL quarterback to do so. So I, I, I get it. But I, I listen, it was weird to me because I agree with you that Aikman was it was personal. But man, the criticisms of Kellen Moore were spot on. I mean, he was right. He was. I mean, and that's what made it odd. It's like, okay, you're right to point this out. It is your job as an analyst to point out pluses, minuses, and everything in between that you think is happening with play calling or anything else for that matter. But play execution, for example, you have to point all those stuff out when guys make mistakes. But man, it was like the more it went on and the more Kellen Moore screwed up the situations, the angrier he got. And it yeah. was kind of funny. I, I wondered whether or not this is a, you know, we always think about things through the lens of being in broadcasting and the kinds of things that happen where if you have a producer who's doing his job uh, in a break or in your ear in the moment, there is a moment in time in which you can not so subtly say, hey, my man. Right. It sounds an awful lot like you're angry with your dad or your brother. Right. Yeah. This yeah. <laughs> so Ron Darling, you know, does work for TBS and he, and he called some of the league championship series in 2015 for the Mets. I thought he was going to puke on every pitch. I'm like, I'm embarrassed. Get him off. Get, Get him, him off. out. There needs to be a provision because he works the booth for 162 or whatever it is. You know, he does 100 of the 162 games. And if there's a borderline pitch on a 2-2 and it's a ball and, and we're the one that's on the mound, he's like, oh, I'm like, hey, dude. This is not what we do. This is not WFAN 660. <laughs> like you got to chill. That was Troy. He was like a, a, he was half analyst because he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. 
Right. The other half of him was guy who calls into sports talk radio station. I was like, Troy. And then he's like, what a big road win. I know yeah. the Saints don't have anything, but you know, this is a tough place to play. I'm like, man, <laughs> now's not the time, Troy. So if they – this is something we need to watch. If and when they make the playoffs and yeah. that's the game that's – because you know that they, they bleed ratings in Dallas. That's why the NFC East is always on TV, even when it's a sorry-ass conference most years. When they're in the playoffs, if Troy's on the call, everybody check on Troy. Let's put a third person in that booth to, to help keep Troy in, in one piece because that dude is getting emotional now. He's getting all up in his feelings. I uh, I love it. I can't wait to watch now every time he's on a Dallas game. I do wonder how that will work. I mean, I, I he may end up going very extreme, I mean, far the other way. I bet you next time he goes far the other way because I'm going to also suggest that a talking to happened after that game um yeah. also I, I i don't want to intimate that troy aikman is in no way professional he's been a very good pro for a long time as a broadcaster so what i would say is that guys like that typically go back and watch their broadcasts and if he does he's going to be mortified oh that's what yes it's an outlier i've never seen him root, openly root for the cowboys or be mad at the cowboys on a broadcast like he did last night now it's a sleepy thursday night football game that frankly was awful to watch and they desperately needed tom they had to win it <laughs> Well, and yes, you can feel the desperation in the booth on the home call. But it was such an awful football game that I doubt many people were even tuned into the third and fourth quarter of it. How could you be? But if you were, you saw something that's uh, he doesn't typically pull that. It like Herb Street doesn't pull openly for Ohio no. State on the broadcast. No. He does a no, great job of it. But if he was like, Oh, we really needed that one, I mean <laughs> Kirk, that's what are we good doing? Stuff. That's fun. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Ordinarily, this is where our guy, Lee Sterling, would be joining us. And uh, in, in the interest of transparency, as I like to say, he may. He may be joining us at some point here. Uh, it, not this segment. It's going to be at some point during the show. It's a mystery to me at the time of this recording. How about I put it that way? We're waiting to hear back from Lee if he can squeeze us in. By the way, as an aside, for people that don't know, and maybe you do, while we're talking about Paramount Sports and Lee Sterling, uh, that guy gets up, and, and I'm not saying this as a, oh, my God, can you believe the work ethic? I mean, this is this is what we do. But on Thursdays and Fridays, Tom, Lee gets up at about 7 a.m., or I don't know when he gets up, but he starts at about 7 a.m. and goes to 6 or 7 p.m. doing shows. Mm-hmm. He's on a show everywhere across the country. When we went to Oklahoma, to Norman, Oklahoma, and got trounced by OU, I went on a local radio show because I was using their studio to broadcast, as you may recall. And I used the Norman Oklahoma radio or Oklahoma city radio station. And, uh, and then the the hosts came in the room after I finished up and said, Hey, do you want to sit in with us? And they had a really sweet setup. And I said, sure. He goes, well, 
come in and if you can stay two segments, because this first one, we have this dude named Lee Sterling who comes on with us. And I cracked up. I said, oh, well, I know Lee really well. Do me a favor. Don't tell him I'm here. Let him start talking. And then I'm going to interrupt him. And he's going to be like, what the hell? And that's exactly what happened. He was talking to his Norman, Oklahoma people about the big OU matchup against Florida State. And in the middle of it, I was like, oh, that's hogwash, Lee. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and he was like, and you could tell there was silence on the phone. He was trying to figure out, like, I think I know. Why is Jeff Cameron in Norman, Oklahoma? <laughs> it was just funny. So that's what he does all day, every day, as we try to track him down uh, right now for this segment. Yeah. What's the over-under on how many times he says, how about this before the end of the day? Is it like 22 and a half? Because I think it's at least once a market, right? Yeah, once a market. Uh, you know, we didn't get we, – we still have yet to hear because this would be the first time in December that we have him on, whatever uh, catchphrase he wants to use for December. Uh, you, yeah. love, you, love, you love November. Yeah, October, November. I, I don't know. You know, they remember December. I don't know. Yeah, uh, December to remember if you call now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All the action through the college football playoff semifinals. You know, yeah. Coupon code save 200. Yeah, I got this, it. This show today wouldn't be possible uh, without our friends from Xfinity. Uh, and this is, you get to see the studio, if you will, for lack of a better term, a home studio. Um, and Tom's as well. Tom's is set up better than mine is set up, at least in terms of having the, the silence you need. I, I'm, I'm a little bit more, just because of the way the wiring works at my house, I'm a little bit more centrally located in the house. And uh, thus I see the dogs and people walking back and forth. You get to shut off the outside world in particular your cats. Yeah. Well, sometimes uh, one of the cats comes to the door and I'm glad the mic doesn't pick it up because she's like, she did it while I was at, she did it while I was at your house uh, hosting the post game show and she was crying to come in. And I was like, what do I do? What does Tom do when this happens? Oh yeah. No, not a lot. This is a clean room for my allergies. This office is a clean room. So if I have a rough day, I come into the office and I always connect at this office to the wonderful internet connection provided by Xfinity. You yes. Bandwidth. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, look at this. Look at this. Look at this crystal clear picture. You can see the backgrounds. I'm moving. It's not glitching. There it is. <laughs> That's all. You don't need it. The, for the people that are watching, this visual aid is amazing. You just, you're wacky waving inflatable balloon, man. <laughs> it's all smooth. That's what you need when you're, when you're doing stuff that we do and, you're doing video conferencing from home. You're making that big regional sale, but you're calling up to Atlanta, couldn't get on a flight. You need Xfinity. You need the internet that works. And to find out more, call 1-800-XFINITY. Visit Xfinity.com or stop by an Xfinity store today. All right. And you know what else you need? You need to celebrate with me and Tom, uh, not just about Xfinity, but about Big Coop coming back, baby. That's right. How about that? How excited were you to hear that news? Uh, I love it. He had a great year. He had a great year. He played very, very well. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, let me see if I can pull it up for the visual uh, folks here. But he put out a statement yesterday, and it was a graphic. And you know how they do. Um, like, you know, the sports departments at Florida State will put together personalized graphics for everything. It could be like, you are the third-string ACC defensive lineman of the week. And it's like, they'll create a graphic for you. Okay, fine. Uh, but when I saw the graphic, usually that means bon voyage. Right. You're thinking, oh, uh, correct. Okay. You're like, oh, well, that's it. He's gone. Happy trails. But no, instead it was saying, I'm not done yet. I am not done yet. And so he likes to climb, Tom. He likes to climb. He wants to continue to climb. Yeah. I love it. 
That's great. Uh, they needed defensive linemen, and we thought really that the entirety of that group was gone. So knowing you need one less body uh, in, in the transfer portal or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, there he is. There he is. By the way, we do a great job. FSU now does an excellent job with these graphics and with um, all of their social media these days. It's a miracle. Yeah, it is. It is there, and it's the standard is uh, is much higher. And I know that they've had some you know turnover in that particular department, uh, but everything they do at this point, those cinema stories that they do, the recaps of the weeks. I mean, did you watch the one from yes. the Florida game? Yes, that was really good, really well done. It was they're like all a, well, they're all well done. You know, some of them are just they get you fired up. You want to run through a wall. Yeah, well, this one was like, you know, if you've got a trilogy of movies, how does the second one end? It ends with a dour tone, but then also hope at the end because you know the you third, know the third coming. act is coming. Yeah. And the third, hey, man, they're going to take care of it. Whatever this big bad guy who, who killed people, it's all right. They're going to reset the timelines, whatever it is. But they have that little tone that they strike, and that that's what they did for the cinematic stories. I'm glad that they released that to the public. I think it was boosters only to begin the year, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that they released that to the public because that is an exceptional recruiting tool because it takes you into the locker room. And Mike, the fiery Mike Norvell, who took to the dais when he took this job in Tallahassee, is always in that locker room. You don't see him at the press conference podium very often, maybe once or twice a year, but you damn well see him in pregame speeches and halftime speeches. So that's pretty cool. It's smart, and I think you bring up a good point about as fans getting to see the relationship between he and his players when it's not for airs, when it's you know when it's just he thinks in the moment. Now I think he's probably keenly aware, as all modern day coaches have to be, that somebody could be recording or and or somebody is recording for whatever reasons. It could be your players themselves surreptitiously recording you it could also be that obviously your production team is recording you so he is i'm sure aware but you catch him in more of the honest moments the give and the take and sort of the relationship that you see forged with that team and why they fight so hard and why they play so hard for him he comes out in those moments i've seen that uh where it wasn't being recorded i've actually been privy to that when it wasn't being recorded and it's something i brought up before the season as you recall i i was most excited by what i witnessed when i went through the spring game festivities and had fun with all of that watching getting to see that bond that you're talking about getting to see that relationship i thought was crucial because it just hasn't been there for a long time with this program and it couldn't it wasn't allowed to get started a year ago because of COVID. so there really weren't those bonds that you saw form this year they weren't in place last year he was still trying to flip the culture still trying to change the roster still trying to do all of that stuff i'm sure he reached and connected with a few people but he really wasn't able to connect in the way that they did this year And when I saw that at his house during the spring festivities that I was alluding to there or referencing, um, I I remember I called you on the way home. I was like, this is good. This is really important. I just saw something that there was no reason for any of them to be actors that day. I mean, it was like they were just in the backyard. There was no there weren't outsiders there. The only outsiders there were me, Andy Staples and and Gene Deckerhoff and Andrea Adelson. But we I mean, it's a big house. (laughs) There were plenty of ways for people to kind of be go unnoticed, right? And I would watch these guys from afar. I really didn't interact all that much. I thought my role in that situation was to be more of a fly on the wall, take it all in for context purposes, and, and you know try to try to kind of get a lay of the land, for lack of a better term. And then I talked to Mike some, and I 
um, got to meet his, his nice family and all that. But when, when, when I watched the players look at him, when he began to address them, when he gathered them all and thanked them for coming to his home, and when he told them that he appreciated their sacrifice and their hard work that spring and how much work they still had to do and that he was going to be right there with them to do that work and to fight by their side. I remember thinking, okay, well, all coaches probably say something like that, but they don't all get this reaction because those players, when he got choked up and thanked them for the sacrifices, those players had his back. And they all came forward and gave him a hug and were like, hey, man, we got you. It's all right. We're, we're in. We're in. Well, that is the number one takeaway from this season is that he got them to play hard. They didn't always win. They didn't always play well. They weren't equipped to win certain games, frankly. They just weren't. They didn't have the personnel. But everything about the connection and the building blocks that you need to see to get to where we want to go those were revealed this year. Those were revealed in that fight, in those relationships that you see in those videos that we're talking about. Yeah, well, and it's also, so right now he's clearly somebody who can fix a problem. I think we know that. Right. You go 0-4, oh the problem got worse before it got better, and yet people still bought into him because of moments like you're talking about. It doesn't happen at 0-4 oh unless they truly believe in the person that you are as a leader. Because otherwise they'll say, well, you're BS. You're another guy who's just BS and I'm, I'm, my foot's out the door. But they didn't do that. And the thing that's important to me, secondly, is for recruits that they didn't tell them, this guy's not selling you a bag of goods. He's telling you what he believes. He believes what he believes. He walks it every day, walks the walk, and he won't tell you what you want to hear. He'll tell you what, what the truth is or something closer to the what truth. What you need to hear, yeah. What you have to hear, which is it's hard to play here. It's hard to play for me. We're going to suck this year is what he told the recruits. Sorry. You know, that's just that's maybe not how he put it. But he I, says, I, I would I would like to think he didn't say that, but I understand no, what you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he, Kenny and the everybody are saying six and six, we're shooting for six and six. They're telling you a message about what, yes. <laughs> what, what Florida State isn't, you know, and, and yeah. that's all great. And so what that does, it establishes that you're not a used car salesman, which is good because there are a lot of used car salesmen out oh. there. I'm sure that's why a couple of these kids are going to say yes to us on December 15th and sign the line because they believe that this guy isn't going to bail on them at a moment's notice. Now you got to actually parlay that into some damn wins, some big wins, more, more than just beating your rival and having an awesome fourth and 14 moment, getting to seven and eight wins. Because if you combine those two things, that's how we take the next step. But he's done everything he needed to do or could possibly do in terms of creating and establishing credibility. He has it. He has it in spades. That's the check mark in the good box if we do a season review, if we're talking about the things we liked. We really just hit on the most important elements. There are some others in terms of players emerging and being dependable as we move forward, guys that are coming back that you feel good about their play. Nobody probably improved their stock as a legitimate player who will be in the rotation and can really play than Kalen Deloach. Right? That, that guy probably improved by far the most of anybody on this team, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't know that you saw anybody else take that kind of a leap. He went from being uh, a liability in coverage to decent in coverage. Not good, but decent. And he went from being undersized and not physical enough to really tough, and he's fine in the run game. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he didn't have his downs this season, but right, right. you can see it all the way back in camp that when when Deloach was out there with the linebackers and he started with the twos and he graduated up to the ones, you could see that there was just more responsibility on the field, as mm -hmm. in I'm going to stick to doing my job. 
Now, it wasn't perfect, and clearly it wasn't perfect on the field Saturday for Saturday, but you look at the game that he had at Boston College, and then what it takes mentally to be in position to make the interception in Gainesville, I loved everything about that. That's not his coverage responsibility. Right, right. He understood the concept of what was happening to him. He's got the responsibility for the underneath releasing. It's like a flare out or whatever it is mm-hmm. from the running back, but he sees where the quarterback is going. It's it's one of the basic lessons in basketball. Ball, you man. You know, mm-hmm. ball, you man. He understands the spacing of it all, undercuts the route, makes the interception. That shows a combination of athleticism and intelligence. That's coaching and development. Yeah, that is coaching and development. That's uh, that's the one feather in the cap for our linebacker coach. Uh, he's going to need more. He's going he's, he's gonna, to he's gonna need. Sorry, Tom. He's just, I can't let you get away with a compliment. In an, <laughs> It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, and War Chan TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. On last segment, espousing the uh, the good aspects of what we saw from Florida State football and Mike Norvell and his coaching staff. So we'll go real short this segment before we get into hour number two on a loosey-goosey libations Friday edition of the program. By the way, I've been contemplating, and I this is serious, I've been contemplating some additions, Tom. I can't decide if I'm moving or adding on, but here's what I know. Our friends at T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction will be my go-to call when it happens, as I was just now uh, between segments racing back to use the restroom very quickly before coming back on. And I hate the uh, master bathroom here. I hate it. I, every time I look at it, I want to spit on it. I get so angry. And I think, I'm going to call T-Spark, and I'm going to rid myself of a bathtub. Nobody needs a bathtub. Why do we have bathtubs? Nobody's sitting in their own filth. We want to walk in shower. That's what we want. I want to walk in shower. I'm going to call T-Spark Enterprises to do that. Uh, and you should too, is my point. You should too. Yeah, it's not just roofing. It, I mean, they say it in the jingle. It's construction services. But T-Spark, you know, Travis is always forward thinking about the certifications he has. He's got solar panel stuff that he does now. I mean, he's he's got more certifications than I think my wife does. And she's about to get her fourth degree from yeah. Florida State, plus a bunch of other certifications. But that's it's not just limited to, oh, I've got a leak. Let me call T-Spark. I mean, if you listen to the ads, he's trying to help you. You want to spot this stuff before it happens. You want ideas. <laughs> well, I mean, otherwise, it's too late. It's too yeah. late. If there's a leak, it's already you've already paid the piper. So get out in front of the issues. Trust me, I'm a first time home buyer. This is my first home. I'm now here for a little over a year. T Spark walked the property with me and said, "All right, this is what you need. This might I might not do this service, but I've got a good person who works for that. So that would be something I take care of. That's a medium term. Here's a short term project, a long term project." It was, I mean, that's the kind of advice you need. You need somebody that you could trust and help you from head to toe in your home. So call T-Spark. He'll consult you all the way through whatever you need. 
Boy, Tom took the ball and ran with it right there. I, I just wanted to get that in before we had to go break, but we just did a full three-minute segment <laughs> on, on T-Spark. But it's okay. A little humor sprinkled in there. Hour number two, forthcoming. Uh, good stuff. On the other side, I want to talk. Florida State does play basketball, by the way, uh, on Saturday against Syracuse, and it's a very winnable game and an interesting game. We'll talk about it next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 